Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone. We are now doing our I, Claudius discussion. We just watched the uh, first episode, uh, which is a extended episode, so it's technically episode 1 and B, and if you have the old uh, VHSs for Masterpiece Theater, it's episodes 1 and 2, which is, I believe, uh, uh, A Touch of Murder and um, uh, Family Affairs. Um, uh, yeah, Touch of Murder and Family Affairs. I, Claudius is a 1976 BBC television series based on the books by Robert Graves. It was written by Jack Pullman, and it stars Derek Jacobi, Sean Phillips, and Brian Blessed, among many other people. There's a lot of very well-known people and great actors in the series. Um, you know, uh, and we'll get into them as they come up, I suppose. But uh, but yeah, so I think for me, it's been God. I, I the last time I saw this series was 2012 when I was working on Servants of Gaius, and I think you said the last time you saw it was in the 90s, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I actually saw it when it first aired too. When I was like, you know, four or five, my parents were big fans of the show, and I remember the opening credits of the show would always really freak me out, like the music and the snake. It's like, oh, there's a scary show on. I'd have to like run off for a while. But then it would just um, be people talking, so it was okay. <laughs> unless, unless my mom was watching it while I was in her womb, which is possible. I don't believe I was. I saw it when it first aired. Uh, I, I, I first saw it actually, I think in the 90s. I think that's when I first became aware of it. I got, I, yeah, I got, I got into, really deeply into Rome in, in, in high school. And mm -hmm. somehow I, I, I don't know how I stumbled on the series at some point. And then it turned out that I had a cousin in the family who, like when it, when, it, when it aired, he was a huge I, Claudius fan. And he was one of these guys that was... You didn't you didn't scream, I Claudius fan. The the way that he you know he's sort of a a, a, um, a, a, a contractor type who you know uh, you know uh, drank coffee and smoked and laughed a lot and didn't you know and 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 then I remember I was watching I Claudius and uh, and he um, and he came in and he and he and he was like oh that Livia she's something and and it turned out he, not only did he know everything about the show he knew like everything about Rome. And, uh, wow. and it, and I, and I discovered this guy who, you know, I didn't really know that well, uh, turned out to be like one of the, um, like w one of the people in our family who really knew a lot about, uh, about history in that period. And so I, uh, so I always think, I, you know, he passed away a few years ago. So I always think of him whenever I watch the series, but I, I, I discovered it in the nineties and I remember I had to go to the library and take out copies of the VHS to watch it at the time. That was my, uh. <laughs> Uh, that yeah. was my access to it. And then I ended up buying the VHSs, and then when it came out on DVD, I got the DVDs. And then when the Acorn version came out, I got the Acorn version. So it's sort of like uh, I'm a little bit obsessive about always having copies <laughs> of this. Um, yeah, I think I think library in the early 90s was when I first really watched it as someone who could follow it because I, I, I saw it the library and I'm like, whoa, it's that show that used to freak me out when I was a little kid. I'm going to watch this. So I, I imagine maybe there was, that was when the VHS release came out or something would be my guess because that's when it hit my radar again. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to remember what brought it to my, I don't know how I stumbled on it. I mean, eventually, I guess I would have hit it eventually and you know, it just would have come on my radar. But uh, but I just I, I I recall when I first saw this program, I could not stop watching it. Like I I don't think I've ever been as just drawn in to a to a show. And granted, I had 
pre-existing interest in the topic, but I hadn't yeah. read the books at that point. I read the books after I saw it, and and you know I, I had seen plenty of things Roman that didn't didn't uh, appeal to me. And I think what what worked about it so much was the fact that it wasn't like a lot of the other Roman entertainment that you normally find. Uh, you know, it was it was so much more focused on the characters and just the real, just the little tiny mm. details of 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 all this court intrigue that uh, uh, I, I don't know. I just I just I, I I remember I remember like racing to the library to get the next the next video so I could continue the story, and being like really sad when I got to the end. Like it was over and I was never yeah. going to have that same experience again. And I, and I, I never have that. Exp- like, I'm not that type of person with movies. Like I don't, I don't get that. Uh, I've, I've never had a film or a series affect me as much as this one did for, for whatever reason. Um, but, uh, but again, it's been a while. And so uh, I think we were both commenting to each other how, how surprised we were that it was still burned in both of our minds when we saw it. Um, yeah, when I when I sat down to watch it, I couldn't have told you like point by point what happened in these episodes. But every time a scene would open, I'd be like, "Oh, it's this scene. I remember, you know, I, I know what's going to happen here." And it was it was great. Like not in a, it was just exciting watching it all unfold again. I uh, yeah, it's it, like I said, it's been a long time. I haven't seen it since the '90s. So, but it's it's just. It's that kind of show. It's just the acting is that good, the story is that good that it just stays with you in that sense. And uh, and so and in these first episodes, they're really kind of. I mean, I, I I mean, the big thing that we're sort of getting introduced to is is number one, Claudius isn't even born yet. He's uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we see Claudius because he's writing his history of his family and he's reflecting on the past, and so we see an aged Claud- Claudius played by uh, Derek Jacobi. Uh, but I, I think a lot of the attention is really given to Livia, uh, Augustus's wife, and and her her plotting behind the scenes to to place her <laughs> her son Tiberius as the successor, um, and and so you know a lot of the plot is you know there's a, there's a number of other people that are ahead of Tiberius. It, when the show starts, Tiberius isn't even really, he, you know he, he's 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 not even really a consideration for. For, for this position, this is a uh, you know he, he's he's still married to his wife Vipsania, and so uh, so Livia is just painstakingly laying all of the groundwork to get him into a position where he could even be considered as as a potential successor to Augustus. And in order to do that, she has to get him to divorce his wife, to marry Augustus's daughter Julia, and and in order, in order to to make that happen. They have to deal with Marcellus, who is Julia's husband and the most likely person to succeed Augustus. And then she also has to deal with Agrippa. Um, and, and, and she has to contend with her own son, too. She has uh, two sons, Tiberius and Drusus. And Drusus, is, um, he has strong Republican sentiment. Republican in the sense of he believes in the Republic versus you know, some kind of you know, single-man rule. And, and so, yeah, so that, you know, that, that's largely what the plot I would say is about with these two episodes. Um, yeah. There's other stuff going on, obviously, and we can get into that. But uh, j- just uh, on these two episodes alone, what were your thoughts? Did you have any reaction to what we saw? Uh, did I have? Yeah, I mean, I mean, my, my biggest reaction is just you know, Sean Phillips is just amazing in this show. It's like and and Brian Blessed as well in it. 
in a oddly for Brian Blessed in a quieter, more subtle fashion to an extent. But uh, there's just a lot going on in his his reactions to things that are just just fantastic. But I mean, those those two I think are the the stars of the show in these early episodes. Yeah. And I would agree. It, I would yeah. agree. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a shark fellow with, with Livia as a character. It's like, she's one of those characters that everything she is doing is awful. But at the same time, she's just so fascinating to watch that you just, you know, I, I, I just, every moment she's on the screen, I enjoy, even as I, I'm like completely rooting against her at the same time. Well, you know, what's (laughs) funny is the more I watch the series, the more I kind of root for Livia as I continue to watch it. Um, and I think part of it is because of Sean Phillips. She's just so compelling and she, she breathes life into the character. But also I think a lot of her, a lot of her like overarching goals here, she, she's kind of trying to work around what could be regarded as maybe the short sightedness of, of, of Augustus and, and some of, and some of his failings. And so, you know, granted Tiberius is certainly not the ideal person to put into that position. Yeah. But, but I feel like she has a strong sense of what would happen if Rome were to become a republic again. And and maybe maybe there's a solid argument to be made that Rome shouldn't be a republic at this there point. There is. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is, I, I understand people being afraid of returning to the unstable civil war days, you know, if a republic happens. So I think, I think there is a point there. I'm just not sure if that really is Livia's concern. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, it's a, it's a... Well, I think, I think that's, a, that's a good question we should examine as the series goes on, because at this point in the show, she hasn't really explained her personal motives that deeply yet, and I think we get yeah. more of it. And, and I think that it's, it's very ambiguous, kind of like you're saying, like, is that, you know, she, she often will, like, like, just as an example, when... Uh, when at one point in, 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 in the, I think it was the first episode, it might have been the second, but uh, Augustus promises Agrippa after Marcellus dies that he'll marry uh, Julia to him. Uh, you know, Agrippa asks for that as sort of because Agrippa's pushed away because of a rift with Marcellus, and Augustus has to go, has to sort of plead with him, and the, the thing he demands is to marry Julia, so he has more security in the, uh, you know, uh, in the family. And um, and when he tells Livia about it, who's been doing all this plotting just to get Julia into a position where she can marry Tiberius, uh, she's livid. And uh, and at first, you know, she she raises practical concerns, but then she appeals to Augustus's, you know, sentimentality and says, have you no feelings? Do you know, do you know, do you know, you know, so she, you know, so, 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 so so with Livia, there's always a question of, you know, what her, you know, what her real motives are. Um, I, I I like, I like it. Yeah. That, that have, have, you know, feelings moment's great too. Cause it's like, you know, with Augustus, it's like, it's it's funny because his character sees through Livia a lot of times. He goes along with everything, but that's one of those moments where he's just like, "Oh come on," you know, and he yeah. just turns his back and he's got that expression on his face. So it's like you know, it's one of I like that with Livia. They don't they don't make her flawless like a flawless manipulator. A lot of times people do see through her. They realize, oh, she really poisoned this guy, yeah. but she's scary enough that even even when her deceptions totally fall flat people are still 
not going to call her on it because they're terrified of her. <laughs> well, and that's actually one of the most interesting things of the show is trying to figure out who knows what when. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You, you kind of like you know Tiberius has kind of figured things out. The moment that yeah. at one point Drusus is injured and uh, he's he's in in on the like Germanic frontier and and he's 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 commanding I think like the Western legions or something and he uh, uh, he, he injures his head and he eventually injures his leg when a horse crushes it and that leads to his death and Drusus is important because he's Claudius's father, but. Uh, Livia says, "Oh, I'm going to send my my doctor to him." And you see this look on Tiberius's face. Yeah, uh, he already and, knows what yeah. that means. <laughs> and and, uh, and so you know, and 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 you and I and I think with Drusus, he's not as aware. Like he knows his mother. He does. He has. He has strong negative feelings towards his mother over a number of things. But but you don't get the sense that he suspects the you know the depths of it to the degree that Tiberius does. At least until mm-hmm. the very end. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I find that part of the show pretty fascinating. Um, but back to Augustus, I think one of the number one, Brian Blessed, this is I think this is his best role personally. I I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's a I marvelous agree. actor in anything he's in. And he's in and as we all know, he's kind of famous for shouting. That's sort of his big, you know, his big personality. And here he gets opportunities to do that. But it's it's not like you're normally see him. Number one, he doesn't have a beard. And I think we're so used to seeing him with a beard at this <laughs> point. True. He actually he kind of looks a little bit like Bruce Dickinson without the beard. I was noticing, um, but I can see that. yeah, but he he uh, in in an interview in one of the uh, I think in the Acorn uh, DVDs he he says that when um, when he was playing Augustus, they had instructed him to just play him like a normal guy, and it's mm-hmm. going to be everybody's reaction around him that makes it it's like like he's even walking around i think in, in like just a tunic while everybody else is wearing like formal you know attire yeah. and so, you know he's very casual he just you know it's, it, he he he's very relaxed and that makes you realize just how much power he has um and so uh i, I it really works the performance and like you were saying he's 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 got this thing where you see it in his eyes where he, he knows things. People kind of play him like he's a little bit of a fool sometimes. Like they mm-hmm. think they've pulled the wool over his eyes. But he clearly knows. And he just he's just picking his battles very carefully. And, yes. And, and you, see it in, you see it in his eyes. And I, I think it's, 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 there's a lot of really good eye acting going on with Brian Blessed <laughs> in this. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I would say that the, those are the two standout characters for sure. Um, but I would also say... Uh, who played Tiberius in in the series? It was uh, um, George Baker. Yeah. George Baker is, I think, very well cast as Tiberius. Also, yes, um, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's not a flashy role because he's a brooding, <laughs> sad person. So it doesn't it doesn't have it doesn't have the same potential to be exciting. But it's it's very very effective. No, and I think it's also like a hard role to play too. Like I feel mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, because he, he has to keep it at a certain level. He can't, and and he's and he's kind of a a complicated guy. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we get a lot yeah. of we get like through these. I, I mean, a lot of the focus is of course on Livia and and her machinations, but there's there's a tremendous amount of care being placed into giving us a window into what motivates Tiberius at this point. And he's sort of at a turning point. You know, he's he's this character who he knows he has a lot of darkness in him. And and the thing I like about the Tiberius darkness is 
it doesn't feel like in a lot of times in movies and shows you'll have characters who are consciously dark and it doesn't feel like real darkness this feels yeah. like real dark in part because you know about tiberius and the historical figure he's based on but also because of the way that he's portrayed here you just get the sense that you know this guy has some he has some deep deep issues just in the uh you know you know in, in the show they kind of connect it to him being livia's son and uh you know yeah and, and all that but but uh but the things that are tethering him to the to the light are are his brother drusus uh and 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 his wife vipsania and by the end of both of these episodes those two things have been taken away um and and the and the and the thing i like about about that is you kind of always in the back of your mind throughout the series are wondering what would have happened if those characters had survived in the well vipsania isn't killed but i mean she uh he's forced to divorce her and that is the thing that uh um you know that that's sort of one of the big things that breaks him uh um, yeah and so if he if he had been allowed to remain with her and if he had uh and if his brother hadn't died you know how would that have shaped his reign <laughs> um you know well yeah i mean beyond that a lot of these first couple of episodes and i'll say i watched it edited differently i watched it where it was the first two episodes were one episode in the original british version it was split into two so but when i'm talking about the show i don't actually know where the line between episode one and two is so just to just to bring that up to everyone but uh but yeah in, in these episodes a lot of it is how would things have been different if these people had, hadn't died what would have happened if marcellus had become emperor yeah. after augustus there's all these questions and you know getting back to the sympathy for livia thing it's like this time around too i was thinking man i'm really i'm really pretty glad marcellus didn't become emperor based on the character he is in this because he's just a jerk it's yeah. like you know it's uh it's like he isn't portrayed as sympathetic in any way it's like out of, out of all the people that, that die in this he's the one that i was most like yep i don't care <laughs> yeah no yeah he's not a very likable guy he's kind of uh, um i don't know he just kind of he has a sense of entitlement in everything he does and uh yeah. and he's he's a little he's, he's got he's got like i don't know, just that look on his face is sort of you know he's a little cocky i guess you could say yeah, and all yeah. and all the horrible things he says to Agrippa over the Battle mm-hmm. of Actium, and you know, and it's kind of, it's you know, it, it's sort of couched, I think, a little bit in modern, modern sensibility the way that they do it, but it works. Where you it, you kind of get the sense of it's sort of a, uh, feels like a boomer versus the uh, World War Two generation type of situation. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, that's true. <laughs> um, where where Marcellus is very skeptical of Agrippa's claims to uh to glory and you know you, you sort of you know uh belittling the battle of actium and saying that it was a foregone conclusion and that it wasn't as significant as as uh <laughs> you know as agrippa believes and i mean the, the way that it's done is, is tremendously insulting and and it's it is done at a banquet when they're honoring agrippa with this 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 uh this boat cake in the in the shape of one of his ships and a uh, um, and a performance by Aristarchus, uh, you know, uh, sort of dramatizing the uh, uh, the battle. Um, yeah, no, your your analogy is good. It's it's like a it's like if some World War Two veteran was at the Battle of the Bulge and talking about you know and that's a big thing about you know the sacrifice bit. Like you're like yeah, the Nazis had already lost at the Battle of the Bulge. Come on, America was going to win. Big deal. Some of your friends died. Whatever, but you were going to win. Who cares? That's pretty much the uh, 
No, and my <laughs> grandfather was in that battle actually. So yeah, that's, a, that's, that's... <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, the uh, well, and I think this is one of the things I also like about the show. They don't they 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 use an anachronisms in a very healthy way. They they, they, do. they the characters all talk kind of like I mean. I, I guess it sort of just sounds like how people from England talked in the seventies. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's very modern. Um, but it makes it, it, it you don't feel uh, out of time because every, because a lot of the other stuff still feels so rooted in the, in the source material. And, and it, I, well, yeah, it's all real. I mean, you know, one of the enactors, the, the battle of the Actium scene, they have the whole little interlude with the usher talking with the Greek, guy who's yeah. giving the, the greek orator and you know and it's it's clearly they're just having a convert you know it's kind of an inside joke amongst these actors oh yeah. here's a, a conversation two british actors are having in the 70s yeah uh, but it works because it feels it's grounded in the characters well, and you believe it in and the that's moment. and that's honestly probably one of the most important lines in the book when he's talking i think it's thalus the uh the um the the, the usher uh he he's just sort of announcing Aristarchus, and Aristarchus hears his voice and says, "What a voice!" And then yeah. <laughs> and he's in front of Augustus and everybody, and he just turns to Thallus and and starts speaking to him, and uh and it's it's a really interesting moment, but it ends where he says, uh, "I think Thallus says something like the theater isn't what what it used to be," and he says, yeah. "I'll tell you, I'll tell you." I'll tell you something even more significant. You know, it never was what it what it was. You know, something to that effect. So it never yeah, was what it used to be. And uh, and it's it's funny. It's funny put in the in the context of the show because it's like it's the kind of conversation be having in the seventies amongst British actors. But it's like that they were having the same conversation two thousand years ago too. So well, <laughs> well, I think, but I think also it's kind of a commentary on on the cloudiness of the history too. Do you know what I mean? Oh sort yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, you know, like this, like this is not, you know, it, it, it's sort of, I don't know. It just sort of, it's like an interesting way to frame a historical uh, miniseries, I think. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so, so, but all those kinds of little touches and, 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 and again, the, very interesting things going on with the accent. All of the, all of the Romans just sound like regular British people, but all of the mm-hmm. Greeks have accents. All, everybody else has, has accents that sort of feel authentic. And, and, and I yeah. think that's, that's the thing that kind of helps you sort of feel like I, to identify with the Romans and f- do you know what I mean? Just feel like you're, uh, you know, just, just sort of immerse yourself into their, into, into, into those characters. Um, it's something you notice a lot in, um, any, any time people are dealing with Rome, I notice they do interesting things with accents uh, in this case, they are using British accents to make us identify more with the Romans. But mm-hmm. it seems like in um, what was it? Was Ben Hur the one where they had all the Romans have British accents and all the American, all the all the non-Romans yeah. had American accents, so that you would identify with the non-Romans? Um, yeah, because it's an American production yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and, and it was yeah. a particular kind of British accent. It was sort of the you know the sort of the the one that Americans would associate more with villain roles. Then sort of here we're getting more of like a, they sound like regular people. Do you know what I mean? It sounds like 
Uh, yeah, well, the, you're getting back to the anachronism and little modern touches here and there. I mean, it, one thing that makes this very different than your traditional, you know, Hollywood historical epic blockbusters they used to do back in the day is that they would try really hard in those kind of things to make everything noble and, you know, and just this, this kind of sense of distance. You, like yeah. you weren't watching real people. You were watching these historical figures, whereas this show is trying to take people like Augustus and just make them normal yeah. people going about their day, which, uh, which it's, it's, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. And every, and, and what, what that allows for is every once in a while, the, the sort of marbled historical figure will rise to the surface and, mm -hmm. it, and it's really impactful. But yeah. much of the rest of the time, he's sort of, you know, he has all of these sort of ridiculous sayings, which come from the books, um, where, you know, faster than boiled asparagus and, you know, all these <laughs> all these little things that he says that just sound like something silly that your father would say. He's a very, he's just a very sort of, you know, uh, you know, he feels kind of like your dad almost, you know, I mean, or like an uncle or that kind of, he's that kind of figure here. Um, yeah. I like the way he, he occasionally forgets how scary he is to people. The conversation he has with Drusus, where Drusus yes. starts touching on returning to the Republic, and then he kind of realizes, oh, what have I said here, you know? <laughs> and, 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 you know, Augustus has this moment of kind of being offended, then kind of pulls back and is kind of, oh, I see where you're coming. It's, it's a very yeah. tense and weird moment that feels... It feels very, very real. <laughs> well, and that was that. That was the what the uh, and he was he was my enemy once too. Something. Yes. Like that. Yeah. That lot. Yeah. That was a very chilling moment because he kind of the delivery was very cold also. So uh, and it, and and it's you know and then but then he backtracks from it and yes. and with him I'm always wondering when he does that is it because he realizes how 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 much power he wields and he's trying to sort of rein it back in or is it because he deliberately wanted to send that message, but then he he shifts gears very quickly. Like he can be angry, yeah. and then he can smooth it over. And like you see that with uh, Tiberius too, when he you know he's furious at Tiberius, and uh, because he, he saw Vipsania again, and um, and and he's berating him, and you know he's like ready to throw him out of the family, and and then he sort of warms up to him after Livia smooths things over a little bit. And he, and he says, look, you know, I get it. Just not with Fipsanya. If you have something else, you know, we can we can look away from that, but not her. You know, if you play fair yeah. with me, I'll be very generous to you. And, you know, it's a, it, it, he, 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 a lot of what he's doing is just kind of trying to smooth over all of these family issues. And, and a, lot yeah. of, a lot of the grand political stuff is being managed by Livia at this, you know, uh, over the course of the episode. Um, well, I think just sticking with that one that one scene you just mentioned, because, yeah, it does make sense that because, you know, I, I don't entirely buy that, you know, Livia's story, she says, where, oh, I knew he was there. I don't, you know, oh, yeah, she totally Augustus, didn't. Yeah, no, she definitely yeah, well, did. Oh, yeah. No, my point is, I don't know that Augustus even bought it, but he mm. thought, OK, I don't. I don't want him to, you know, he because, you know, he got angry at him. And then Tiberius like, fine, I'm going to leave Rome. And Augustus did not want Tiberius to leave Rome. So it's like he he created the situation by getting angry at him. But that by Olivia, by, by Olivia giving the, this line, it, uh, it, it allowed him to pull back. He's like, OK, yeah. I will believe her. 
I will believe her, and then I can I can reconcile, and then Tiberius won't leave Rome. So it was. Yeah. I, I think I think that was a case where he saw through the lie and was just like, "But this gives me an out. I can go. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood the situation." Yep, and um, and also I just want to touch on some other characters. Um, yeah, we had we we got to see uh, Drusus we've mentioned, and Antonia, his wife, who's Claudius's mother. Uh, is kind of important here. We ju- we just start to see her, but she becomes a very central figure in the uh, for the Claudius character, obviously. And yeah. and uh, she, I think I think she's sort of juxtaposed against Julia, where mm-hmm. where Julia is sort of presented as well. This is a complicated thing because number one in the books, there's a little bit more going on with Julia in terms of her personality shift over the course of the of the storyline, uh, and much of it is stemming from. Uh, poisons that Olivia is giving to her um, and I don't think the show touches on that as quite as much um, so uh, but we'll get into that later when that stuff comes up more but here we just get a glimpse into the fact that Julia's you know a pretty open-minded person we can say and mm-hmm. uh, and not constrained by some of the uh, traditions and morals that Antonia is uh, uh, is beholden to and and, and this is only strengthened when Drusus dies, it seems. And and when Drusus dies, he's in camp, and she she goes with him uh, to the to the to the Germanic area. And uh, he, before he dies, he asks her to bring the children, and she's bringing August uh, not Augustus Claudius. Uh, he's a baby. It's not clear how how uh, how old he is at this point. He's but he's a baby, and he dies before she brings Claudius to him. And, and and in the show, I feel like that is sort of trying to set the stage for the future relationship between her and Claudius, because, you know, as people will see if they can, if they watch the show or if they continue to listen to us, Claudius is not well treated by his mother all the time. Mm-hmm. She kind of looks mm-hmm. down on him. It's very complicated. But uh, but I was thinking about it. There's and again, I don't want to get too deeply into the history because we both agree that this story sort of stands well on its own, we think. Um, but there is this Roman tradition of. Uh, the father is supposed to accept the child into the family when it's born. The mother is supposed to present the baby, and if the father doesn't pick up the baby and accept it, it's it, it was exposed. And we know in this series, the series establishes that by the time Claudius is a child, that that practice is sort of not really looked well upon. But but we know that Antonia is a very traditional woman, and and I guess one of my questions is maybe maybe that's what that scene was trying to convey was that that was him not accepting Claudius and and that is uh and that is why she doesn't fully embrace him uh over the course of the series. Yeah, that that makes some sense definitely, which is which of course is is, is ironic as it's kind of brought up that Drusus is his father's son because he's a big proponent of the re- the republic and of course Claudius will be the one who'll take up that is his big thing, you know, over the course of it. So in a lot of ways he is in, 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 in the essential, that, that essential element. Yeah. He is, you know, that, that, that is kind of set up by, with the conversation with Drusus and Augustus. 
and the uh, and and what the show has to kind of reconcile is that sentiment with the fact that he becomes emperor and does not yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. which is very interesting. It's, it's it, it works out in very interesting ways. Um, and I have to say the uh, again, this is based on the I Claudius and Claudius the God the books. Um, and it's been a while since I read them again. I think in 2012 as well when I was working on uh, Servants of Gaius. But the uh, the books are worth reading. But I w- I will say the big difference between the books and the show is the dialogue. The show has all the memorable dialogue in it. And a lot of the and, and the and the book is there is dialogue in there, but not quite it's not quite as heavy on that end of it. Um, mm-hmm. so the cool thing about it is you can enjoy you can you can read the books and watch the show and get very different things from them. Um, and I definitely would recommend it to people. I would I would say start with the series and then go to the books. I think that's the way to do it. Um, but uh but it, it's definitely uh you know the, I I don't know if you haven't seen I Claudius you got to I think you got to see it. It's uh It's a must-watch show. Yeah, and I I mean in the era of TV we're in today where people are into you know shows that have have a a long arc that plays through a season. I mean, this is this is just one of the most iconic best examples of that kind yeah. of a TV show. Yeah, I would agree. And also you get I mean, just to give people a taste of what they get. They get to see Patrick Stewart with curly hair, yeah. um, playing a very inter- now he he has not shown up in the show yet. He doesn't show up for a little while, but he's he's one of the most memorable characters. And it's just, I I promise you, until you've seen Patrick Stewart with curly hair, you you just you you haven't experienced his full range of acting. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't you don't understand. He, but, uh, uh, he looks oddly like Richard Gere with um with the curly hair to me. I don't know why. Um, uh, I can see that there, but uh, and you also yeah. got to see John Reese Davies, um, yeah. uh, who people will know from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, John Hurt plays Caligula. You get to uh, see what a good dancer John Hurt is. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. His, his, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of fantastic we, stuff. Well, I mean, we, we get to see many show. of John Hurt's talents over the course of the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, and the show has a big historical sweep to it too. I mean, this is this takes place over generations. You're kind of, you, I mean, like I, said, I Claudius isn't even born. I Claudius, Claudius isn't even born at the beginning of this yeah. episode, but it will go through his entire lifetime till he's yeah. an old man. So you get you get a real, real sense of a a, a very significant era in history unfolding well, from the top. And it's interesting that they do a lot of interesting things with Claudius being in the womb. Like, first of all, he's not even a thought when the show opens, because I think Antonia, they, they point her out very early in the first episode, and she's not even an adult yet. And then in the second episode, I think, is when we see that she's, you know, we, we see her and she's pregnant with Claudius. And at, at one point, she says something about... Uh, uh, Augustus finds out that she's going to, um, uh, to join uh, Drusus on, on the front. And... And Augustus is concerned. He says, you know, well, you know, who knows what great Roman uh, she's carrying, uh, you know. And, and so, you know, obviously, you know, that's a, a nod to, to, to Claudius. And it's kind of an ironic statement given that, you know, once Claudius is born, he's sort of looked down upon by everybody. And, uh, and Augustus barely even notices him until it's almost too late. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, and, and, and I think uh, uh, you also have to wonder you know given that augustus sort of warns about the the risk of her 
riding a horse to the to to the frontier and 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 being away from Rome, if that is in any way partly responsible for you know because if people don't know like Claudius is he stammers he has like a, a, a one of his huh. legs isn't very good he's got he's got a he, he his his mind is all there but he 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 is not considered an ideal Roman and this is his sort of great struggle as a character um, and and so you you sort of you know is the show saying that you know that's a product of of his mother going to see Drusus. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's an interesting angle. I hadn't considered that, but that makes some sense. It, it would also shed a little bit more light on maybe her attitude towards Claudius. Like maybe she carries some guilt uh, in addition to, you know, the uh, the other things we mentioned. It might, you know, there might be some guilt there, but we, we can yeah. get more into that relationship as it as it goes on. Um, yeah. The other characters that we have to point out because they this becomes important is Gaius and Lucius, the two boys. Um, they're the they become the next hurdles to Tiberius uh, succeeding uh, Augustus, and there's in the episode ends with with Livia sort huh. of embracing them both, but you could say sort of the close up on her fingers, sort of clutching them, and and I have to I should point out to people the evil uh, that that's, that Livia portrays in this is very sort of deliberately campy like it's 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 not subtle it's and it's by design and that's what makes it so entertaining so yeah so you have to kind of know that going in and i think that's one of the things that works about it but but she's literally clutching them like a you know like a predator and 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 she says we must take care of these boys and augustus in a in a moment where i think we can both say he truly doesn't understand the significance of what's going on uh he he interprets it as the picture perfect Roman family, and, and, he just, and his face is just washed over with this, you know, just ah, oh, isn't this beautiful kind of an expression? Um, yeah, that is a moment where Augustus truly, you know, we've debated are there moments where he really understands. This is a moment where he does not yeah. understand what is going on at all here. It's, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, getting back to Livia. It, it is, you know, I, I, we, we had the point earlier about, you know, her feelings. Is she genuinely concerned about the return of the Republic and so on? I'm, I'm a little dubious about that because a lot of her actions, you know, that she takes are actually potentially jeopardizing the continuance of the, 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 the you know, the imperial system that Augustus has set up. Because I mean, as we saw when she killed, uh, when she killed Marcellus, it created huge riots yep. for people demanding a return to the Republic if, you know, if, if they weren't going to get Marsalis. So it's like she she almost brought the Republic back through her attempts that, to put Tiberius. So it's like she's destabilizing the system in order to get Tiberius there. That is true. But I, I will say this in her defense. When Marcellus goes before the people at the uh, at the, there's like a they they have some kind of inauguration for him becoming city magistrate where he hosts these yeah. games, and Augustus looks to her when Marcellus walks up and the crowd cheers and he says I told you he was popular and you see a look of genuine shock on her like it's very subtle but she she clearly is registering this information and it's and it's oh and it's, yeah and 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 I think I think that that shock is is she realizes exactly what you're talking about so i don't think she's blind to that and i don't i think okay. it, i think it, i huh. think i think that i think she has two goals i think number one she wants to preserve uh stability in rome but number two she wants to uh secure her own family 
Do you know what I mean? And oh and yeah, so, she does. And and so I think she's willing to take that risk. Uh, I think at times she underestimates uh, how how catastrophic some of her decisions are. <laughs> um, but I but I, I I tend to be in the camp of I think especially given her history, I think uh, the stability of Rome is something that is important to her. Um, I, I and and I, I think it's, there's a line later in the series where we can talk about it when it comes up. But when she talks about the civil wars, and she seems to be coming from a perspective of very first-hand understanding of just yeah, what it means. Yeah, you, you might be right. I, I haven't watched the show in 20 years or so. So, I mean, there's things... I'm just... I, well, there might be things I'm forgetting here. Well, I think there's enough ambiguity that we might have disagreement over it. You know what I mean? Like, it could be... It's true. You know, so I think it'll be interesting when we get there. Because I don't think... It, this show, for all of its lack of subtlety around how it... You know, it for for humor purposes, they'll people will say things in a very maniacal way, or in a very, you know, it's just very clear that they're delivering a humorous line. You know, like there's uh, there's a line where when Marcellus is sick and Livia is poisoning him, and Tiberius hasn't yet completely concluded that that's the case. Uh, he he, you know, uh, she says to him, "Oh, I've been taking care of him personally," and Tiberius says, "Well, that's a shock to me. I." I never thought that you would have cared whether he lives or dies. And she's, oh, I, I care very much whether he lives or dies. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, those kinds of lines are, uh, are just peppered throughout the whole show. Um, but, but for all of its, uh, for all of its lack of subtlety, I think that, um, it, there are very subtle moments. Yeah. So. Yeah. There, 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 there is a lot of, you can miss some of the details sometimes. You don't see them until, you know, second or third viewing, just a look in a person's eye and things like that. So I think, I think, you know, yeah, because uh, I, I interpret the scene at the games where, you know, the, the, you know, he's very popular line and her reaction. I interpret, I interpreted that as the moment where she goes, okay, I've really got to kill this guy. There's like, it's, okay. it's, uncont- so I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong, but I'm saying here's, it's a point where, we we saw the same scene and we yeah. saw different things no, in it. And that's so. what's so interesting. That's why I'm saying for all this non subtlety, that level of subtlety is present and it and it allows for this ambiguity where, you know, she could have been thinking that. My interpretation of it is she was saying, uh, oh no, should I get rid of Mark? Should, should I, I yeah. be doing this? That was my interpretation of it. Um and so but again I, I think I think uh, you know it, it, we'll have plenty of fodder uh, for discussing that as we go. I do want to mention one line that is probably my favorite from the whole series. And I don't know why, but but when, when Tiberius is talking with Drusus, and Drusus doesn't quite... He gets his mom's not a nice person, but he doesn't get the, the extent of, of her hmm. evil ways. And Tiberius sort of grasps it at this stage. And uh, and Tiberius says, you know, so, like, you know, how is our mother? And, and he says, oh, they say a, a snake bit her once, and it died. And, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just... It, and it's just... A, it's, it perfectly captures her as a character. But uh, but also, I mean, it, I don't know. It's just, it's just really funny. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, again, the, I, there's, there's a lot of that kind of humor in the show. Um, and... And yeah, so you know, these are the first two episodes. Uh, I th- what's the next episode coming up? We're gonna get uh, so that's oh. waiting in the wings, um, which mm. will will uh, uh, so that's uh, that, that's quite a few years actually after uh, the episodes we just saw. So that's uh, AD three to five, whereas I think uh, Family Affairs ended around um, nine BC or so. Um, that's something that you got to see that they do they do a really good job of of advancing the time in this show 
and sort of indicating to you how much time has elapsed, but also showing the difference in the characters themselves. You know, that this is now like, you know, nine years after the last scene or something. And the characters are slightly more gray. And one character is slightly more cold to another character. Or his their their slip into to alcoholism is deepened even further and further. Um, you know, you, you get a lot of that in this show. Um, so, yeah, so I know that, you know, I think uh, we kind of knew what we were getting into sitting down to watch this show. So I don't think we're going to have any. There's no surprising, oh, I loved it or I hated it. But, uh, no, I, I love this show, and I, I can't imagine rewatching it is going to change my opinion of it. But it's it's always good to revisit. Yeah, and, and I will say one of the things I really liked about it rewatching it is 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 the lack of subtlety sometimes in some of the things they were mm-hmm. doing because I feel like sometimes things are overly subtle now, and it was sort of nice being no, we can we can sort of draw we can emphasize that Livia just had an evil thought and do it in a humorous way and everybody knows but that's all right like that you know that uh, yeah it's i mean i i think it's healthy for shows to have a lot of tonal shift at times as long as it's done in a smooth fashion i mean this go this can go from from really disturbing and dark and dramatic to funny in the space of a couple of minutes but the show manages it it's the same with its levels of subtlety it uh it plays there's, there's a lot of range to this show yeah, no, I think the writing is some of the most solid writing I've seen in a TV series. Um, you know, some of that might be nostalgia and sentiment for the show, but I also feel like the writing really holds up in this one. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, so again, um, you know, we'll be back on, uh, I, guess, I mean, we don't know yet, but we'll, we'll watch the next episode. We're going to probably do what, one, or we're going to do one or two episodes at a time. What do you think's the the better uh. bet here? I can do two at a time. I, I do, you, uh, do you have a preference on that? I don't, I can I don't know. I th- way. Here's what I think we should do. I think we, you and I should talk about it, and we'll decide whether it's going to be fo- better because there's only 13 episodes. So whether it's better or 12, uh, whether it's going to be better to focus on single individual episodes or to do them mm-hmm. two at a time, or or mix it up from time to time. Um, sure. You know, I, I think we'll we'll need to. You know, we can do it either way. But we'll be back on with more I Claudius and. Uh, I, th- I think uh, I think after that we were thinking of doing a, another Wuxia series, um, but this should be for the next next several weeks. We'll probably be on I Claudius, and this Friday we have um, Last Hurrah for Chivalry, and we'll have Deathblade on as a special guest. Uh, the Last Hurrah for Chivalry is an excellent Wuxia film. I uh, I encourage people to check it out uh, before we have the discussion and then participate in the discussion with us and send us your questions. Uh, if you have any questions about I Claudius, if you have any questions about Last Hurrah for Chivalry, f- feel free to send them and we'll you know, try to incorporate them into the discussions as these things go on. And uh, until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.